This is Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. Atenea Americana. A window to the Latin universe. Stanford. 90.1 FM. Radio Atenea Americana. This is Atenea Americana. Bilingual house of culture. On the air and online. Radio Atenea Americana. Su casa de la cultura en la radio y online. Para la radio 90.1 KCSU Stanford. I am Isabel Jubes. Isabel Jubes. Bienvenidos. Atenea Americana. Welcome. Bienvenidos. From Stanford to the world. Today, we're talking with Arturo Aleman. He is a Californian native with Mexican roots, a war veteran, alumni from Cal Poly, long community server for the California state government, and head of several nonprofits. He is a community organizer, and overall, he is an activist. Today, he's here to talk to us about his latest effort called Latino STEM. This nonprofit is involved with the next generation of college students and is preoccupied in how to motivate and guide the youth to apply to higher education. He will be also talking to us about his efforts with another organization called United Latinos. He will also tell us how to get involved with, with any cause we feel strong about and how to get organized to help our community. Stay with us in Atenea Americana and remember that this and other shows are found at stanfordhispanicbroadcasting.org. And today our guest is a veteran who has been serving his community for years after his retirement and he has been part of many interesting projects in California. Today he has driven all the way from Sacramento to talk with us at Stanford University. Welcome and thank you very much for being here with us. You're welcome, and it's my pleasure. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You graduated from Cal Poly. Uh, you work for many years with the government in a Latinos Foundation. Tell us about that. Well, let me let me start that um, I went to Cal Poly in the 70s after I returned from Vietnam, and my father was a janitor at Cal Poly. And I would go in the classroom as he was coming out after having cleaned it. He was very proud of me, and I was very proud of him. We, we um, were from a humble family. 
And uh, my father was very fortunate to have uh, gotten the job at Cal Poly, and that stabilized everything quite a bit. And uh, I was very fortunate that he went to Cal Poly, he was working at Cal Poly because it opened the doors for me to go. Uh, when, I, uh, when I was at Cal Poly, I started, excuse me, I started by uh, studying engineering. I began in studying uh, computer science. But I didn't find it as exciting as doing community work. Mm-hmm. And I had a background in community advocacy, and so I started working or switched my major to sociology. And I was in that coursework for several years, and then I decided to go to Mexico City and study anthropology. Mm-hmm. And uh, I studied under Ignacio Bernal V, who was the uh, president of the National Museum of Anthropology at the time. And then I, I got uh, I came home back to Sacramento, uh, San Luis Obispo and I started working for uh, one of my professors who decided to run for office, mm-hmm. decided to run for the Board of Supervisors because he was very concerned about the Diablo Canyon um, nuclear power plant, which mm-hmm. is built on a fault. Mm-hmm. And we knew at the time he was very concerned and he wanted to get um, the uh, various uh, regulatory agencies to take a, a more proactive interest in, in the safety of the people in the area. Mm. And I worked with him on his campaign. He won. He ended up on the uh, Board of Supervisors, and I then began as his chief of staff. Mm-hmm. And um, after a couple of years, and this is while I was at college, um, when I graduated from college, I then uh, went to Sacramento. This was in 1977. And I ended up working for the Resources Agency, mm-hmm. which is responsible for the, at that time, was responsible for environmental uh, issues in California. I worked there for several years and then switched to the State and Consumer Agency. And uh, from the State and Consumer Agency, I went to the Department of Justice. And I actually ended up working in several agencies. Uh, I finally retired from state service uh, from the California Integrated Waste Management Board, which regulated, at the time, it's no longer in existence, actually. Uh, Governor uh, Wilson eliminated the regulatory responsibility for the agency for the most part, Uh, at least uh, eliminated the board. The, The staff and the folks are still there. I retired in 2002 and went to work as a consultant. I had had a a consulting company since 1983, uh, just a boutique small Mm -hmm. company that did work here and there. I went full bore into that, worked at it for several years, ended up uh, doing an organizational assessment of the San Francisco Zoo. Um, I submitted a uh, report with uh, 16 uh, major organizational changes that I thought would help the zoo. When I finished the report, the director asked me to come on board. And so I started working for the zoo uh, to implement the 16-point the change mm-hmm. program. And uh, after two years, I had implemented all of them. And I told the director, I said, I, I live in Sacramento. It's a long yeah. commute. It's time to me for me to go home to my wife and my family. So I went back to Sacramento. Uh, and I started, and by then I had pretty much retired completely from uh, working for money. But I ran into some good friends of mine, um, Bernie Buenrostro and uh, and uh, Mauricio Leva, and the three of us started a conversation to start an organization that would uh, activate the Latino community involved and getting them involved in politics mm-hmm. and other civic engagement issues. 
Uh, we worked with another gentleman. His name is uh, uh, Bart Liriano. Mm -hmm. And we started the organization called United Latinos Promoviendo Acción Cívica. And uh, it's been going for five years, six years now. And what we do primarily is host... Uh, uh, town hall meetings, and we've had a variety of town hall meetings with many policymakers uh, at the state, uh, federal, and local level. And uh, we also host, uh, during elections, voter education forums. Mm -hmm. And the forums bring in all the uh, elected or candidates for election, uh, the, the, actually for Congress and for state offices and then at the local level, even going as far down as uh, as uh, school boards. And we, it's a one-day event. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun, actually. Uh, people come in and they tell you what they believe, and, and then people will make up their mind whether they want to believe this politician or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, I get that it, during all this long career that you, you have been enjoying so far, it's always with that point of focus, how to help, how to approach also the Hispanics and the Latinos, how to help them get involved with all these important issues, wherever you are, uh, you know, education, uh, recreation. Yes, in fact, um, that's been my, my uh, mission. My, my cousin who, uh, who is mentioned to me uh, that I, t I tend to have a, a missionary complex. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always want to help people and help, or, and help our community. I believe that um, it's very essential. Mm -hmm. uh, before too long, before the next two generations, we're going to be the majority in the country. Yeah, not just We're the already state, the majority almost... in California. <laughs> yes. A lot of people don't know that. The, yeah. the problem is, of course, that... Uh, the decision makers and the folks that are involved in in policy are not as highly uh, represented by Latinos as they should be. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, in uh, Silicon Valley, uh, there's several hundred thousand jobs that are high tech. Mm -hmm. Uh, that go unfilled, mm -hmm. and they can't find people to fill them. However, Silicon Valley is surrounded by Latino communities, mm -hmm. so there's a kind of a disconnect. Yes, and, and it's a staggering proportion that with all the population in California, that, as you say, is over 50% now of Latinos in Silicon Valley in high-tech is 3% or less. Uh, it, it's very low. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's a, a real interest in changing that. I think that uh, the people that are aware, mm -hmm. have open minds, they they see the problem mm -hmm. that's looming on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And they're starting to address it. They're starting to put their resources into it and the resources of of the various institutions. I think that you're starting to see that from uh, organizations like Facebook, LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. Google, yes, uh, Intel. Yes, they're really trying. Uh, they're they're opening. they're very they're trying very hard, and and it's good. Yes, my bent has been to change uh, how we perceive Latinos in California, mm -hmm. so that we become a more proactive part of our own leadership in the future.
stay with us in Atenea Americana and remember that this and other shows are found at stanfordhispanicbroadcasting.org. And today we're talking with Arturo Aleman from the Board of Directors of Latino STEM. You were telling me one of the associations that uh, you were very active was uh, MAPA. Oh, I started in MAPA right when name. I was 16 years old, <laughs> the Mexican-American Political Association. When I was 16, MAPA has, uh, had already been in place for about four or five years. Mm-hmm. I ended up being the, uh, the Youth Auxiliary President. I think that was the, the title at the time. I uh, was very active in, in that. Um, I learned a lot about politics, got a chance at that time to meet Senator Cranston, mm-hmm. a lot of local politicians. I saw people make it through politics that were even in the most improbable circumstances, they still made it. And they made it by really energizing the Latino community, even in those times, much more now. I I see it happening. uh, You go to the state legislature, the Latino caucuses, the largest caucus at the legislature. The uh, president pro tem of the uh, Senate Mm -hmm. is a Latino, Kevin de Leon. Um, there's a lot of Latino movement within the politics at, at a statewide level. So I, I see uh, the Latino community in California just super, super fast and active. And they're jumping. The Latino community is really, really act, active and jumping. Now, lately, you have been very involved with a new organization and is directed to the youth and involving them into the stems. And that will open more doors for them in this new high tech and in this new digital world. Yes, let me tell you about that. It's called the Latino STEM Association. What happened is, is that uh, United Latinos hosted uh, uh, Chancellor Linda Katehi, who is the chancellor at UC Davis. And we hosted her to come and speak in a town hall, and she came and told us that it was her interest to have UC Davis become a Hispanic-serving institution. And in order to do that, she needed to take some very proactive steps to, ha- to accomplish that goal. And we offered to help her. And she took us up on that offer, and we're very thankful that she did. We're very happy because uh, uh, we then put together uh, the Latino STEM Association to particularly deal with that issue. We're now bringing uh, students to UC Davis and introducing them to the matriculation process, Mm -hmm. potential careers. What we're doing is bringing in Latino professionals, such as Catherine Sandoval, commissioner from the Public Utilities Commission, uh, Chris Cruz, the chief deputy director for the Department of Technology for the state of California. Uh, We've had, uh, we're bringing in people from Intel that came in and spoke. Uh, We we brought in people from Stanford. Mm -hmm. We brought in uh, three companies from Stanford that startup companies Mm -hmm. from the Stanford uh, Latino Startup Initiative. And they came and spoke about their startup companies. And the interesting part about that is that the people that were talking to the high school students were within their age range. They were in their late 20s, very early 30s, and they were talking to kids that were 17, 18, mm-hmm. 19, and 20. So, I mean, there's a real close connect there between those kids. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm sorry, but to me, when you're close <laughs> to 70, everybody's a kid. But these young people, they were, they were energized mm-hmm. by seeing these other folks that their age that were making it. All they needed to do was step through the door. 
And that's mm-hmm. all they really need to do. The interesting thing is is that uh, Raheem Reed, who is the uh, vice chancellor for community campus relations, mm-hmm. and uh, he came and spoke, and he told the kids this, and it's very important. The campus belongs to you. Mm-hmm. He says, so I want you all to say, this is my campus. I belong here. This is my campus. And the chant was very loud, and mm-hmm. it was very heartening to see that these kids now have a perspective on going to a university. Even if it's not UC Davis, their mm-hmm. their ideas now, their, their minds have been opened. The interesting thing about it is many, I would say most of the kids that arrived that were immigrant children, mm-hmm. uh, DACA students, some of them, not all. Uh, many of them were uh, first-generation immigrants. They were, and a lot of them were also the very first ones in their family to ever even go and look at a university. So it was very, very heartening to see these uh, young people. We have a lot of pictures. Anybody who's interested could go to www.latinostem.net. Which you can also see on our website. We have some photos there and some links for you guys to check out. But tell me also, how many people work on this? How many are you in the foundation? The interesting part about this conference is is that it was entirely put on by young Latino students at UC Davis, Mm -hmm. at CSU Sacramento, and recent alumnus from UC Davis. So we even had one one person that's a a uh, student at Stanford. Mm -hmm. So we had uh, we had a lot of interesting young people that just Mm -hmm. have a lot of enthusiasm, have a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. I'm very encouraged by them, by the way. Um, Our future is bright if there's a lot of people like these kids, and every indication is that there are. And how how did you get these kids? Uh, Did you go to some counties, some districts? Actually, the the kids that that, uh, came to the school, to the conference, were from as far south from Sacramento or UC Davis as Modesto, and as high up as Chico. So we're talking several hundred miles mm-hmm. between the two. And uh, we initially went to uh, school districts. We said, well, we don't have room for all the kids that are going to be coming. And so we went to, we chose uh, five districts. Mm-hmm. And they came and they said that they would bring kids. But then we the word got out. Mm-hmm. And it was just impossible to hold these kids back. I mean, so we said, I'm not going to say no to kids and of they want to come to school. <laughs> so it was really a wonderful experience. How many kids do you have? We had, we started out with 200, mm-hmm. which is, uh, it was a pilot program to see if it, this was going to work. It was an idea that we had and we wanted to see if it was going to work. I, I think we could easily get a thousand kids to this event, but we don't have the resources to do it yeah. at this time. We're looking for resources. And like I said, there are organizations out there. If we can capture the imagination of yeah. Google, if we can capture the imagination of, of uh, Facebook, yes, you know, if we can capture the imagination of LinkedIn, yeah. of Hewlett Packard, these folks will see that this is their future. Yes. These are the slots that they've been desperately looking to fill. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a session on robotics. Mm-hmm. It was just wonderful. I mean, the uh, the person that put that on was uh, Berta uh, Serrato, who is uh, working at the really granular level at the 
at the elementary and junior high school and high school. She's working to bring robotics to kids, and she has a wonderful program. So we, we really brought in people that would capture the imagination of the kids, and we have them hooked. Great. All we have to do is just let them come in. Yes, and then all these areas that you mentioned, they cover from the city, Sacramento, but also a lot of rural areas. Yes. So this is like an opportunity that many of them even thought in their future, like, I'll just do what my parents were doing for many generations. I'll just stay here on the farm. That's right. And then there's, a, there's an opportunity to go out, to get out. Yeah. And get out and do the things, and you don't have to have, uh, you know, parents don't have to be millionaires. Yeah. And uh, we're hoping that we'll be able to open doors to schools like Stanford and mm -hmm. Harvard and Princeton and yeah. Caltech and <laughs> all the other big schools that we have in, and the wonderful schools we have in California. Yes. But let's not leave out all the UC system and the CSU system. Well, it is an important role and maybe a lofty goal, but not impossible to get all these people together. There, there, there's an opportunity there, and they're looking. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've always felt that my job is just to get people together. Yes. You know, and once you put people together that have a like mind, mm -hmm. they'll move forward without any help. Yes. And it's been very, uh, very rewarding. Thank you for listening to Atenea Americana, your house of culture in the radio and online. In this bilingual show, I bring you every week one hour in English and one hour in Spanish, opening a window to the cultural Hispanic world. You can hear in the intro and at the final of the show, as well as right now, music from the legend of Latin jazz, Oscar Hernandez. This and all my shows are in stanfordhispanicbroadcasting.org, where I wait for your comments. I invite you to be part of this. And today, we're talking with Arturo Aleman from the Board of Directors of Latino STEM. The population in uh, the UC and CS that are the state universities Uh, they don't really match the population of California. As you say, we are already crossing the 50%. Uh, it's growing uh, because you see in the children, uh, the population of kids in preschool, who they are. Uh, but then at the universities, it's just a tiny percentage. Where are what happened with the kids from preschool all the way to, to, to the university? You know, um, we, have, we have them. We are 53% of all the K-12 kids in public school right now. Mm -hmm. Within the next 10 years, within the next 10 years, before 2020, we will be 58%. And it's going to stabilize around there, about mm -hmm. 58% to 60%. Um, our problem is this. Our children can take two roads. One is to, toward productivity and one is toward prisons because we have had a policy in California of mass incarceration. Oh, yes. And it's been very bad for us. Mm -hmm. It's been very bad for us as a community and as a society overall. Mm -hmm. It costs $63,000 to keep one prisoner in prison, adult prisoner, mm -hmm. in prison for one year. It costs $9,000 to educate a child in a classroom. Mm -hmm. It just makes economic sense yeah. to invest in our schools and get our kids in the direction 
of being productive. And we have built a lot of uh, prisons, and now there are also private prisons, and we have all this business going around it. But since when we haven't found a new university, we haven't done a new UC, we have amazing universities but the percentage of people who apply and the percentage of people who can get because they don't have enough chairs to give all these people is is amazing because there is just no space then why are we building another uc or another cs or an, uh, instead of being putting more money in in prisons we have so many people going to prison that we're exporting them to other states we have prison mm-hmm. prisoners that are from california being housed in prisons in alabama Mm-hmm. In Nevada, in other in Texas, in other states, and it's how ridiculous. How many problems that cause not just to the state uh, economy, but also to the families, and it disturbs completely. Exactly, and and so we have an option here, mm-hmm. and it's a good one, and it's easy. And the governor has recognized it. By the way, he has increased the budget for the UC system substantially. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking for more. I think the UC system could always use more money uh, to bring more kids in. I would rather realign mm-hmm. the funds toward universities than toward prisons. Yeah. Uh, that's the governor's term for moving the money, and I think it's a very good one. He's a very wise person to do that. Uh, I think that we can move our entire society to being much more productive than it is now. Yes. And not that we're not productive. We're one of the yeah. biggest economies in the world. In the world, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we have a horrible drought, but we'll <laughs> Well, we have a we'll lot manage. of problems. We have a lot of problems. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I made my living throughout my entire life with this philosophy. People are imperfect, and their institutions are imperfect. So we can do well by making positive changes to people and to their institutions. And I've been able to uh, to be able to do that. I've been very, very blessed. I remember hearing that in many counties and districts where higher level of uh, low-income population, you have about one counselor for every 800 students in the last years. So it's difficult for these kids who are already coming out of these economic problems, trying to get ahead, then figure out how to get to universities, how to try, why. You're absolutely correct. Um, counties like Tulare County are, I, I think that you would find it difficult to find even one counselor for 800 students in Delano and Tulare, Porterville, some of those uh, outlying rural cities are uh, are very difficult to serve, and mm-hmm. and they have populations of deep poverty, but it's possible to make changes there, yeah. and if we can replicate the Latino STEM program mm-hmm. and take them to these communities, yeah. uh, then they have an opportunity. We can have hope instilled in people. Oh, yes. And And there are great examples that is possible. Yes, it is. We just did one. (laughs) We just did one. (laughs) We did a fantastic uh, event. I think it was very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a pilot, we have some gaps to fill. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have some things that we could fix and we are going to. Mm -hmm. Um, The the best thing is is that the uh, the volunteers that that put it together, all of us were volunteer, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not a one person that put this thing together got paid. Not mm-hmm. one. It was all volunteer, all our own 
and I, our own time and our own dime. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had some very, very wonderful people that are working it, and they are prepared to take it to the next step. They're already pushing me. And I'm, I'm saying, yeah. you know, you let the old man <laughs> rest a little bit and then recharge his batteries. But they're young, and they're very yeah. excited, and uh, I like that, and I like them. They're very good people. Mm -hmm. And then you are trying already to do another one right here at Stanford. You're moving to, to right. try other bigger venues. <laughs> We're going to be doing it. Uh, I think that uh, it, it, there's an opportunity that, and it's something that, that just, it's a wave that can't be stopped. You mm -hmm. know, the, and I have a friend, Chester uh, Ruiz, and his mm -hmm. favorite thing is called the Latino Tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> and we can we can be that tsunami of good. How can people learn more about your project? How they can help? Uh, where they can go to learn or recommend to other people or give you? I don't know. Do you are you already a nonprofit? Yes, we are. Mm -hmm. We are a nonprofit. Uh, all donations that go to the organization are will will recognize and, and the IRS will recognize, and you can write it off on your taxes. Uh, you can go to. Uh, As I said before, www.latinostem.net. Um, you can also go to find some uh, some good idea about how to start your own political action organization in your community mm -hmm. uh, by by uh, going to uh, www.unitedlatinos.org, and uh, that was where we started. How we got the local policymakers engaged in what we're doing and then we got them involved and then from there we flowed into Latino STEM. What about Latinos United? Uh, this is based on Sacramento uh, yes. where the government is. Yes. Uh, do you have any other uh, places where you are active? Well, you know, interestingly enough, the word's getting out mm -hmm. and we're hearing from folks all over the state. I mentioned before, the uh, Latino community is really popping right now, very active. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's an organization with a very similar name in Napa. Mm -hmm. We had nothing to do with them until mm -hmm. they contacted and were in, 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 in their rise. Mm -hmm. uh, we're happy to help them. Mm -hmm. uh, there's an organization called uh, the Latino Council in San Luis Obispo. Uh, there's several in Los Angeles, Ventura, uh, San Diego, mm -hmm. uh, Fresno. So uh, these organizations, there's about 14 of them that have contacted us and we're, we're making connections. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, look, uh, when, when we need your help, we'll give you a call. When you need our help, you call yeah. us. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't need to be the statewide mm -hmm. organization. We just want to be who we are. Yeah. We're doing what we're doing. And... If there's something that's useful for you, use it. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to move with less people that all decided to go to the right, now to the left, now to the middle. <laughs> that's right. That is correct. Yeah. And, and by the way, I need mm -hmm. to mention that United Latinos is a nonpartisan organization. We don't uh, take any political positions. We just bring in the politicians to have them tell us how they can help, what they think their vision for the future is and where we fit in as Latinos. Many times we don't agree with them, and that's fine. I mean, everyone is entitled to uh, tell us who they are and what they are, and mm -hmm. we are entitled to choose whether we want to be with them or not. And that's how you got to, you know, a lot of minds together and decided to do the STEM project. 
That's right. And it and it's working. And it's a, it's a it's a template that anybody can use. And it doesn't you don't have to have a high skill level, you just have a high interest level. Well, I invite you all to check them out and get involved and uh, you know, give the best of you <laughs> for a bigger cost. That's true. Uh we are capable of deciding who our next president is oh, yeah. as a community yeah. and we should do that yeah <laughs> and we should make all the difference in the world and i mean literally the world yeah um we've had we have wonderful leaders we have people that are just absolutely brilliant uh we have and every in everything mm -hmm. there's nothing I, i i can think of that yeah. that we're not absolutely impacting. capable and making a great impact That's true. Yes. You can check that in our website. <laughs> I invite everybody to do that. There are many examples. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming all the way from Sacramento to give us uh, this important news about all these very important things that are happening. Look at our websites. Yes. Again, mm -hmm. um, unitedlatinos.org mm -hmm. and uh, latinostem.net mm -hmm. and contact us. And by all means, feel free to donate and to become a member. Great. We look forward to it. Great. Thank you. And this was Atenea Americana. Atenea, Atenea Americana. Stanford, 90.1 FM. Radio Atenea Americana. A window to the Latin universe. This is Radio Atenea Americana. Bilingual house of culture. On the air and online. Su Casa de la Cultura en la radio y online. Para la radio 90.1 KCSU Stanford. I am Isabel Jubes. Isabel Jubes. Vuelve pronto. Atenea Americana. From Stanford to the world. Remember to come back soon. Ciao. See you later.
And today, we're talking with Arturo Aleman from the Board of Directors of Latino STEM. 